Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. everybody. It's happy Dave Lozo here for the 19th episode of Biscuits, a hockey podcast. I'm in a great mood. Nothing nothing hockey-centric anyway is angering me, and I'm not alone, am I? Is anyone else out there today? Hi. It's me. It's Sean. Hey. And I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not super angry about anything either. I don't know if that makes me happy or if it just makes me feel kind of empty inside. Yeah. I feel like there's a hole inside of me that I have to fill with hate and anger every day, and right now it's just I'm filling it with brackets, and that doesn't last. I feel like if we can't find something to get mad about in the next hour, I'm going to have to fill this void with like love and affection for my family. Oh my so, god. Let's get on it and try to find something. There's got to be something out there. Before we get angry about stuff, or at least like fake angry about stuff, are you pumped about the upcoming Toronto-Tampa Bay showdown between the Brian Boyles of the past and the Brian Boyles of the present? I am. Yeah, the, the biggest game on the schedule all year which is tonight slash last night for everybody who's listening. <laughs> Always. And already already knows how the game turned out. So, uh, yeah, that, that will make it somewhat challenging for us to discuss either Toronto or Tampa. But, uh, wow, that was a crazy game, wasn't it? I mean, Brian Boyle with a hat trick in the first period against his old team, I could not believe he it's just that, That's an incredible. That's like Messier scoring three goals in game six against the Devils in 94. Same thing. You know what? When when the chips are down, you you never bet against the blue and white. No, you just you just don't because the, the blue and white team is always going to win the big game. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I also thought it was kind of weird that like Freddie Anderson's had a pretty good season and they go out and they get McElhenney, but like the fact that they had the guts to start Vesa Toscala last night and he made fifty one saves. I mean, it was a surprise. <sighs> but I th- I mean, the the highlight was still Brennan Shanahan pulling Steve Eiserman out of the press box and just pulling oh, him. Oh boy, that was fantastic. Tearing off his. Uh, his suit to reveal a Colorado Avalanche jersey underneath. That was one of the great heel turns of all time. Yeah. And I really enjoyed watching that later tonight. Did you read that Chris Draper thing? I didn't read that Chris Draper thing. That was floating around Twitter yesterday. Was it, was it good? Was the guy who wrote it for Chris Draper? Was it good? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The guy who talked to Chris Draper on the phone for five minutes and then, (laughs) and then wrote it. Uh, it, It was, it was fine. I feel like players tribune pieces now, like everybody just, they see one, they automatically tweet it out with like, this is great. Yeah. And then they settle in to read it. It was fine. I don't, it didn't really, there wasn't really anything all that new it, that that you didn't know already, but it was, it was good. It was, my hat's off to the Players Tribune writer guy. Uh, he's, 
he does a great job with all of these stories. Yeah, it's hard he has to write and not put his name on. We used to have to. We used to. We did that at the NHL with like those Stanley Cup final diaries. We would grab like the fifth worst scratch or like the third goalie and like do a Stanley Cup diary every day. Those are hard to make interesting. Like that's. Wait, those weren't real. I hate to break this to you, but Corey Schneider wow. was not sitting down to write a blog every day for 16 days during the 2011 Stanley Cup Final, and he ended, he ended up playing. He ended up playing in Game Six. Of all the guys I picked to do my my blog with, I'm like, he's a he's a really good guy, and he's good. He's a good talker. He's never going to play for Luongo in the Cup Final. Yeah, that that that, that plan backfired by Game Six and Seven. <sighs> good times. Yeah, those were the days. All right, so what are we what are we going to get mad about at the top? What's pissing us off? Maybe let me throw this out there because sure. I don't I don't know if I'm mad about this. Uh, I am, but but you you fuck. All right, god damn it! <laughs> <sighs> like let's go back a couple weeks ago. Let's go back a month when Whoa. we were. This is this is back when you and I were were unhappy about the trade deadline because all of these GMs kept telling us they weren't going to make any trades and it was too hard. And one of the reasons that there weren't there weren't going to be any trades was that there was so much parity in this league that 28 out of the 30 teams were in the playoff race. Mm-hmm. And so there weren't going to be any sellers uh, because there was only two bad teams in the entire league and everybody else was still in it. And that was bad as far as the trade line deadline went, but it was good as far as the playoff race went because, hey, the more teams, the better. Uh, fast forward to a little bit after the trade deadline and we're looking at the playoff races and they're not all that good. At least as far as the teams trying to make, you know, trying to get in. There's some good races at the tops of divisions and for the President's Trophy and all of that sort of stuff. But generally, that doesn't really matter all that much. It's the the playoff bubble. And right now, the bubble is pretty unimpressive. It's usually like this, though, with three weeks to go. Like, like in the, in the West, it's pretty much L.A. versus St. Louis for the last spot. Like, Winnipeg isn't making up that ground. And in the East, you have the Toronto, Islander, Tampa... Maybe Philly because they beat Pittsburgh the other night, like cluster F for the last spot. But it's just it's just so uninspiring too because it, there, there's no there's like people want to do the one game play in like the NCAA tournament does, but the first four where they they start at sixty eight and go to sixty four, mm-hmm. and now they kind of want to do that. Like I I I. I don't want to do it because it's just dumb. Like I hate the play-in game for baseball. I hate that like the wild card round is just a one-game playoff to get you into a best of five. I don't like that for the NHL. But at the same time, like there's just no reason to watch the last three weeks of the regular season unless you're a fan of one of those four teams. And I hate to break this to you, I hate all of your favorite teams. So I don't care if they win or lose. Although I do, I do want to watch the Toronto Toronto game tonight. But that's about it. That'll be a good and uh, yeah, because I mean the West. I mean, LA and St. Louis is not that far off from not being a race at all. In fact, they they both played tonight. So, I mean, I, I guess by the time people are hearing this, maybe it's two points and and we've got a race again. But maybe it's six points and St. Louis already owns the tiebreaker and and that one's going to be all but over. Uh, and the East, yeah, the East is it's, it's you, interesting. You've got basically three teams for one spot, which is which is good. Philadelphia and Florida really. Kind of teetering on the edge. Again, depending on, I mean, Philadelphia is playing the Devils tonight. So if we assume that they are going to win that game because everybody is beating Mm -hmm. the Devils these days, then, you know, maybe they they start to make a push. But, yeah, it's it's not great. So you don't like the play-in idea? I I just, to me, like it waters down everything. It waters down the regular season more because then you have two more teams that are going to be 
lying to themselves about being in the playoff mix. Like, hey, if we win this one play-in game and then get to the next round, like anything's possible. I, I just, I, I just wish there was more. Yeah. I don't know, like a more, more, a more realistic view of teams' abilities and their and their worth come like trade deadline time and come off season because that fosters more transactions. Like if it's just if it's that much easier to get that one extra home playoff game and that one extra two million dollar or whatever it is gate revenue from that game that just makes everything else worse like i just i'm not i'm not into it there was an idea that went around and i'm i'm kind of trying to click as i as i can find it because i want to see who it was uh that put it out there but basically the idea was was as yeah it was a guy named Ben Ben Raby from the DC he does DC okay. radio yeah he's a, he's a good little french canadian man he's a he's a he's a quebecois okay well there you go i like him already <laughs> uh, and i like his idea too cuz the idea that he put out there was uh basically you add two play in games per conference so instead of the playoff race being for one versus 1 through 8 you sort of got 1 through 6 make the playoffs and 7 8 9 and 10 have to play each other for the last two spots and they play single game winner take all. And you would do this. Basically this, the season ends on Sunday. You'd have one game on Monday, one game on Tuesday, do an East West double header for, for both. And then the real playoffs start on Wednesday. So it doesn't push anything back schedule wise. And I kind of like the idea for a couple reasons. One, it does, you know, it, it puts more teams in the mix, but I, you know, I don't know that it waters it down. And part of that's like, I grew up when, there were 16 teams made the playoffs at a 21. Wait, but go back for one second. So it's 7, 8, 9, and 10 playing like a round robin to get the last no, it's, two spots? it's 7 versus 10 and 8 versus 9. Oh, and the winner gets those spots. So, so on, on Monday night, you'd have a 7 versus 10 in the east and then in the west. So you'd have two games, you know, one after the other doubleheader. And then the same thing on the Tuesday. And then the winner of 7 versus 10, you know, however it works out, yeah. they go ahead and, and everything else seeds out the way that the way that you do it. And and the thing that I like about this that, that Ben kind of highlights is it puts more teams in the mix, which is either good or bad, depending on how you look at it. But what it does is it makes those top six spots even more important. Because if you get in that seven through 10 mix, it's, it's a crap. I mean, it's a coin flip when you're talking about one game. So you're not going to just be talking about you know we just said yeah there's some good races for seeding but seeding doesn't really matter seeding will matter a lot as far as making that top six you will if if there's a race for six versus seven that'll be huge because mm. you know one team basically gets uh you know not only do you not have to play the play-in game but you get a couple of extra days off you're going to be going up against an opponent who's had one fewer day of rest it's just not huge but you know that every every little bit helps and you know it also the team, like the first place team, now you've got a chance. You might end up playing the tenth best team in the conference because they want a playing game. In theory, you've got even more of an edge, so it becomes more important to finish first. And and you know, it it just seems to put a little bit of unintended emphasis hmm. at other points in the standings. Whereas right now, I mean, other than home ice, and even home ice doesn't really matter all that much today. Yeah, you nobody know, does, cares. Does anybody care all that much about about the the seedings, the standings? Like, nope. Up until a little while ago, you might have said in you know that hey, if finishing first in the East is a big deal because you're going to get to play, uh, you know, the second wild card team. You're going to play like the Leafs or the Islanders. They might, but you might end up playing the Lightning 
who were a Stanley Cup contender going into the season. So, you know, I don't even know if, like, I don't think the Washington Capitals want any part of a red-hot Tampa Bay Lightning team that they might end up facing. So that that's what I liked about the ideas. It, it sort of got... Put some emphasis on the other spots and 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 makes the regular season a little more important because you know these days I feel like once you're already in the playoffs, which I would argue thirteen or fourteen teams with a month to go are already locked into the playoffs, you, like you don't really have all that much left to to play for. Okay, I I thought about it. I was actually paying attention that whole time instead of just checking my phone to see the score of the uh, Virginia UNC Wilmington game. UNC Wilmington's up big right now as we do this podcast. That's good for one of my brackets. Um, it's good and bad for the same sort of thing in that it's about the regular season. Like in general, by adding these playoff teams, because they're going to call them playoff games, no matter no matter how badly you want to call them playing games, they're going to be marketed as playoff games. It 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 cheapens and lessens a an already cheap regular season that doesn't mean anything. It's just it, like in, do they consider them playoff games in baseball? I don't even know. Yeah, they did. The, oh yeah, the Pirates. The Pirates made the playoffs three years in a row, but I think two of those okay. three years they lost in the quote wild card game. Yeah. But yeah, like see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't count it as a playoff game. But you're right, the league. They'll would. totally do it. It's all semantics, yeah. but like that part of it I don't like. But the part of it that I thought about while you were describing it that I do like is last year at the end of the season. The Islanders said, F you, we're arresting John Tavares and all of our guys because we don't want to play Pittsburgh in the first round. We want to cross over and play Florida. So they were in a situation where they could have been playing themselves into a better playoff spot, and they basically intentionally lost to get down into a wild card spot so they could cross over. And now this year, the Rangers aren't intentionally losing or anything, but you're in a situation where the Rangers at the end of the season, if they were close, they probably would say, hey... Let's give Rick Nash the game game eighty one off or game eighty two off so we can cross over and play Ottawa. So in that respect, I do like the idea because this means the end of the regular season won't be this like jockeying to play the the worst team in the other division. Right. And so, well, and the, hmm. the other thing is, I I think the way that that Ben's suggesting it is you you have to you'd have to go back to a one through eight system. You'd have to get rid of the division. Oh one yeah, four things. So, but but even then, you know, you, yeah. you know, you'd, right now we'd have, you know, right now Ottawa and Boston are more or less in, and they're kind of fighting for second and third. You know, maybe first. Uh, you know, Montreal's in play, but under this system, they'd be the sixth and seventh team. It'd, it'd be Montreal, Ottawa, and Boston fighting to stay out of that seventh spot, uh, where you have to go and play, you know, Philadelphia or whoever in a one. You know, nobody's ever going to want to play a one game winner take all just to just to get into the real playoffs. So, hmm. uh, you know, there would there would be a real sense of like right now. I can tell you in Ottawa, people are you know, they, they're they're happy that they might catch the Canadians and finish first, but it's not like it's not like it's a big deal. It's you know like they yeah. know they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to play side. They're going to probably play the same teams in the first couple of rounds if they make it anyways it's it's not like it's life or death to to you know any sort of sense of urgency and there there really would be if you were talking about the gap between six and seven right so like right now if you're an Ottawa fan you don't really care if you win the division because you play the Rangers and you may consider them a tougher opponent than Boston although Boston's been playing Mm -hmm. really well but like I understand what you're saying that 
you do this the other way and suddenly there's incentive. Suddenly there's a reason to watch. You know what? I, you, you may have like the look Tim Barnes gave me when you start, first started talking about this was Dave hates this. And I'm telling you, I, I think I've been I think I might you, you might have just spent the past 15 minutes selling me. You should like try and like get me to like upgrade my cable package or something because that was a pretty <laughs> good sell. There we go. I'm into it. I have convinced somebody of one of my ideas. Well, it wasn't even my idea. It was Ben's idea. But you know, sorry, Ben. I'm taking it. It's mine. Everybody get everybody get behind the Sean plan for updating the way the playoffs. And work. it fills those gaps too. It fills the gap between like Sunday and Thursday or Sunday and oh, Wednesday. That, yeah, you know, that awful season. thing where yeah, yeah, where they just you got to talk to your friends league. and family. Ugh. Yeah, oh, exactly. Man. You know, Jesus God, having to do that for two days. Oh, look at you drew something else. That's really great, son. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, oh, look at that. that. That's a beautiful dog. Oh, that's me. Oh, I mean, that's that's that really looks like Daddy. Great, go 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 yeah. play with what's her name or something. I don't know. All yeah, right, pretty good. Much. That's good. I, that's look at good. that. We All do, right, so we've so we're both we're, we we agree on it. Fifteen minutes into the podcast, we're both happy. Yeah. about a hypothetical idea that will never happen. <laughs> right. All the hypothetical ideas are great. All the ones that get put into practice are the ones that piss us off. Like, don't put Evgeny Malkin in the top one hundred. Uh, God. On the subject of of the actual not quite as good playoff race that we've got now. Let me let me throw this out to you, because I sort of mentioned this on Twitter a couple days ago, and I got a very mixed reaction. Hmm. Let's assume... Uh, you know, we don't even have... I was going to say let's assume Tampa makes it as the last playoffs, but, but we don't even have to assume that. They're They're clearly back in the race. Clearly, they're right in the thick of it. Does this make what Steve Eiserman did at the trade deadline genius? Because he managed to sell... And still not only stay in the race, but improve? Hmm. Or does this maybe make you look back at what they did at the deadline and say, maybe that was a mistake because they're going to be going right down to the wire and they sold off some useful pieces and and didn't really get anything back that made them, that that really helped them in the short term. I mean, I, I know like, I, 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 I'm not, I, I don't want to sound like I'm knocking Steve Eisman, because I think he's one of the five best GMs in, in the NHL, I, and I, I think I probably wouldn't get much objection on that from, from many people. But I do find it weird that people seem to be taking this stance of like, a, you know, like he pulled some Jedi mind trick by getting yeah. worse and yet getting better. And there's a part of me that just goes, did he maybe, did he maybe sell when he should have been holding at the very least? Well, <sighs> I don't know what he said publicly about those trades. I just assume they were, you know, hey, they're waving the white flag sort of trades. But going into the deadline, I thought the play would be to trade Bishop and then keep Boyle. Like, I never even thought about him trading Philpola at the time. But mm-hmm. you look at their injuries now where Nemestikov's probably going to be out for a little bit. Tyler Johnson's been out for a little bit. So the lineup looks worse now than it probably would if they were all healthy and they made those trades. But making those trades gets Braden Point better minutes. You know, he's not he's not stuck behind anybody. He's playing with he's playing with Kucherov, he's playing with Palat. He's been he's got a, up to 11 goals as of, as of the time we're talking about this. So I think it's very possible if like Steve Eiserman didn't tip his hand publicly about his trades. If he was like if he was at like a conference call and was like, "God, we suck and we're going to suck even worse because of this. I can't believe how much we suck. We're a bunch of sucks." 
then then yeah, he probably can't spin it. But if, yeah. if if at the same time he was like, you know what, we made these trades, but you know we don't see this as the end of the road here. We feel like we're on a hot streak. We can get it going. Vasilevsky's probably the better goalie, although he wouldn't say that. But I, I don't know. It's a good point. But yeah, like but but like by trading, like I, I think trading Boyle is the one that tells me that he feels like they're not a playoff team because if you're a playoff team, you want Boyle on your roster in the playoffs. And, so. and it's and he didn't just trade Boyle; he traded him to one of the teams that yeah. they were trying to catch. Yeah, I, and Philpola you know, too. And it well, was funny. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that was yeah. sort of a different situation. But he, yeah, he ends up going to another team that they're right there in the mix with. So it's not like they were all, you know, like Bishop. Okay, he ships him off to the other conference, knowing he's not going to even very, even play all that much. But yeah, I, yeah, it, it was just funny because, I, like, on Twitter, I ended up kind of going down. The, the wormhole with a couple of lightning fans and and I get it. I'm not knocking the fans because y- like, is that gonna... is that is that code for something going down the wormhole with some fans <laughs> what is what does that mean I was just you know no having having, having the discussion uh with sure with, sure uh, yeah <laughs> just sliding down the lightning wormhole that's it it's exactly it they're <laughs> they're gonna defend their guy and that's fine I'm you know I I I, I get that but it was just interesting because, you know, I had a few people who were like, oh, no, no, it was it was addition by subtraction. You know, they Iserman knew that by moving those guys out, he'd actually be making the team better. And I was like, okay, then why didn't he do that earlier in the year if he knew that, like, Brian Boyle was holding the team back? Why wouldn't you trade him a month before and, and get better sooner? And they were like, ah, but the but then there wasn't a market yet. So it's just, it's like, it's like, you know, full credit to Steve Eiserman. He's one of the few GMs. He's kind of got himself in that zone now where even when he does something that doesn't seem to make sense, people are like, they just assume that it must, like they must be missing something. And he's just on the next level already. Like it's plausible. I think it's plausible when he made those trades, he thought to himself, yeah, we're trading our co-number one goalie and you know two of our two of our centers two of our probably nine best forwards and we could still probably make the playoffs with the guys we have here and maybe he thought two weeks ago that Steven Stankos would be back by now and maybe his 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 rehab is taking longer than he thought so I do believe that there's at least a plausible way to believe that Eiserman was half tanking let me tell you a story about my fantasy baseball team last year Sean so 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 um I finished in the money. I finished in third place, and I tanked in in June because my pitching was super duper stacked and my hitting was terrible. I was never going to catch up in home runs and RBIs. So I said, you know what? As the Steve Eiserman of my fantasy baseball league, I'm going to trade all my hitters on expiring contracts for more pitching. Stack my pitching even more. Got every single pitching point in all my all four categories. Just enough stuff and hitting to finish in the money, so I tanked and technically made the quote playoffs in my league. So, what I'm trying to tell you is that a Steve Eiserman's been GM of the year. B I kind of was the GM of the year last year, and tanking and winning can go hand in hand if you do it right. Is it possible that Steve Eiserman was following your baseball league and saw <sighs> what you did? And you know what? That as a model. It's a small world, Sean. It's it's very possible word got to him in Tampa about the yeah. absolute genius move I pulled off to basically win my money back in my league because that's all you get for fourth place. <laughs> but still, it beats not winning anything. You know who's furious listening to this conversation? Not that they are, but if they were. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody, but especially frustrated 
is I picture like Tim Murray just listening to this, like, ah, you know, I'm trying to tank. I'm trying to be terrible. And the team just keeps on winning. Isn't that, ah, that's the, that's just how it goes with those tanking jobs, isn't it? Uh, let's, let's switch. This is, this is even barely a segue because we talk about Iserman and playoff bubble and Ben Bishop. So let's flip it over. The LA Kings, if they don't make the playoffs, like how big, how big a screw up is that? And how, how much does that trade deadline stand out as them basically? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Blowing their, not necessarily blowing the season, but blowing their their last opportunity to save their season. You know what? I think about the Kings all the time because when they won their second cup, it was the second 82-game season, cup in a row, second and three seasons because Chicago won the lockout one. And I remember at the time thinking, man, this team's going to win three and four or three and five. They're they're so set up. Like At no point during that like post-game celebration against the Rangers was I like, this was a fluke. And now like two years later, I look back on the body of work of the Kings since 2012 and like I wonder if they just were this team, like like take for instance, I, I will once again draw on my own life. The New York Giants basically won two championships as a wild card team. They won the division that last year, but they only had ten wins. They just got hot at the right time. They they beat the Patriots twice, not once. They beat the Patriots twice in Super Bowls. How many uh, times did they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Uh, well, the first time was in forty two, and the second time was in forty six, and those are the only two times Tom Brady's ever lost a Super Bowl. But the but but in hindsight, like those Giants teams weren't great. They just kind of got hot at the right time. Nobody was ever like two two Super Bowls in four years. That's a dynasty. And now I look back at the Kings and how they win the cup as an eight seed. They kind of get hot at the right time. The, the the next time they won it, I forget where they finished in the standings, but obviously they weren't an eight seed. And and besides those two cup runs, they they missed the playoffs. They're they're one and done in the first round with the Sharks. I just I wonder if like this is the team they've always kind of been, but they just kind of had those two like Eli Manning slash John Quick esque runs, and this is just the reality of what the Kings are. But I, I don't know because like at the same time they might make the playoffs over the next two weeks and go on a run again, and I'll be like, oh man, that's a dynasty. Like that's I'm so confused by the Kings. I like this theory. I'm trying to think. Here here's my name for your theory. You mm-hmm. Ready? Mm-hmm. It's the Eli Kings theory. Eli Kings like like Eli. E- like instead of L.A., Eli. Oh, I thought you were doing like like a like Eli a Kings. like eBay or like eBooks. I think you're right. doing. That's e- okay. I'll workshop it. I'll take it back. Let's. Uh, we got time. We we'll got circle back tomorrow. We'll see if we can come up with something better. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, whatever whatever we think of, we're making it the headline for for the for the podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I yeah I I mean like that that Ben Bishop trade purely on its own, like just in isolation. I thought that was a great trade. Yeah, I hated because it because you. Well, I mean, they gave up essentially nothing. I mean, they gave up one okay prospect, uh, and I think I think most people who 
But it's it's the cap it, space though. It's it's that it, I just watched well, Peter. I just watched Peter. But opportunity cost, right? Yeah, it's, but like, it's for, what, what for else what, could though? you have done? Uh, eh. Like when you've got a team that can't score. Yes, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like why and, why go that direction? Like when you have Peter Budai, who by the way just stole a game at the at the Garden for the Lightning, yeah. he, he was out of his mind. Like he you had you had a guy who was perfectly capable of playing four more games the rest of the year behind John. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. I know what like you're I, saying. Like, I, I even understood the logic that, you know, Jonathan Quick had just come back, and mm-hmm. you don't know. You don't necessarily know that he's going to hold up and be able to play 18 out of 22 games or whatever it was. So so you go out and get some insurance, but you kind of head the insurance. And, yeah, it, it that's the question. And, and, you know, I don't know. There, I'm sort of – there's a part of me that's always felt like we get too hung up on what a team is is bad at doing, like which which half – you know, hockey's about put the puck in the net, keep it out of your own net. And that we get too caught up on whichever half a team is struggling at and saying they got to get better at that. Where, I mean, if you can, you know, if you can give up fewer goals, that counts just as much as scoring that same number of goals. And maybe that, you know, maybe Dean Lombardi's looking out there going, there's nobody who can really move the needle for us up front. So let's go get a goaltender who can steal a couple of games that we don't think are going to be that that we can do with our existing guy but it clearly hasn't worked out. I mean Ben Bishop's lost all three games that he's played so far including this week losing a game to the Coyotes which you I mean obviously you just can't you can't leave two points behind or, or you know they got they got a single point in the game but you can't you can't leave a game with the Arizona Coyotes without two points when you're life and death to make the playoffs you, you basically just described my fantasy baseball strategy of saying I, my, my hitting stinks but I, it's so bad right. that i can't fix it so i'm just going to load up on the pitching but exactly if you just let me run an nhl team out there if you're listening and you're like hey man we need someone to come out here and make some really great moves that get us barely into the playoffs i'm your guy but yeah like you said like it, it's just a thing where and, and it, we've talked about this a million times where when they won their cups, they went out and stole somebody from Columbus that could score goals. They got Jeff Carter in 2012. They got Gabrick in 2014. And those two guys were massive reasons why they won the cup. And this year, that guy wasn't there, obviously. Like, there, there was Kevin Shattenkirk. There was, you know, Matthew Shane. But that wasn't going to be a guy they get. Same thing with Landeskog. Mm-hmm. Verbata, apparently, because of his bonus situation, was probably hard for them to take because of their cap situation. But... <sighs> Jerome McGinley scored twice, I think, so far in like five games, which is yeah. fine. You take that every time, he, but he had an overtime winner, so I mean, that's it's he's 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 yeah he's helped. I like that pick. I like that pickup. But to me, like it, it was just a situation where, and they and they traded Dwight King too. Like I I, I don't like the Kings. I just don't kind of I don't really get what their plan was at the deadline. But again, like we're talking right now, maybe they maybe they're within two points of the Blues as you're listening to this and you're just like, ah, the Kings are fine. The year they missed the playoffs, up until game whatever it was, 81 against Edmonton, where they had like a 57% score adjusted Fenwick, and I'm like, they'll figure it out, they'll be fine. Even yep. up until game 81, I was like, they'll, they'll get this. They'll, once they get in, they're going to be, and they never got in. And now It was the same way. I, I think I was like on the radio on like the Friday, and I'm like, everybody settle down. Oh, I was condescending Call me on Monday. They're yeah. gonna, you know what, I... They're they're probably going to win the first. They're going to win the first round too, and, it's, and it just—they're <laughs> not going to lose to Edmonton with their season on the line. Come on, yeah, uh, it's the Kings. I just I I don't know. They're not a they're not a fluke, but like they're they're looking more and more like a team that just got hot at the right time, which I think is different than being a fluke. Like, and again, the, 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 and the second time they won the cup, I think they won 
three game sevens along the way. I think they won their first three rounds that year, all in seven games. They beat the Ducks in seven. They beat San Jose in seven because they came back from down 3-0, and they beat somebody else, too, in seven. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe... That was the Chicago. Uh, oh, season. right. That was the year I was undefeated in my picks until stupid Chicago blew that game. Ah, oh, man, that was a tough year for me. I was so close to the dream. 15-0. So, I don't know. Well, I mean, ho- hopefully they at least pull a little closer because it'd be nice to have that one race to really watch out west because other than that yeah the east is good though i kind of like how like pretty much every every night there's going to be a game in the east that probably affects that final playoff spot for the next three weeks like that's that's better than what it usually is and every one of them is going to turn out being a three-point oh it looks like toronto and tampa has decided to just stand in each other's in their own zones for the last 15 minutes by the way that ranger tampa game was 2-2 going to the third the other day and tampa scored by accident tampa went into that third period without nemestikov they were just like they were like we're shutting it down they got a power play by accident but besides that they were just you know chip it in play it safe third guy super high in the zone and they just got one little deflection and they got a goal and after that it was like that's it they're making the playoffs because of this like look at that boston philadelphia game on the weekend right like (sighs) tied and then boston throws the puck at the net and a philadelphia guy accidentally tips it and you can just almost you can almost see the flyers like going to the Bruins like what? <laughs> I thought we said we weren't I just threw it. I thought it was going to be an easy one. I didn't know you guys were going to tip into your own this net. This a bad angle. I just wanted to make it seem like we were trying. I didn't think that was actually going to go in. Yeah. Oh, God, man. All right. Well, next next year. Next year, we'll give you a free goal, too, and, and we'll, we'll we'll call it even. NHL excitement. Yeah, catch the fever. By the way, speak of, since you're a Giants fan, g- give me some advice. How do I handle this stupid controversy about the Maple Leafs going fishing during their Florida trip, have you heard about this? I I don't I don't know this I don't know this controversy. Wait, a, a, a Canadian went fishing and it's a controversy. On really? Monday, uh, I, yeah, on Monday, so they get down to Florida for their because it's March break. So the Leafs always show up in Florida for March break because that way the Florida teams can sell lots of tickets to vacationing Maple Leaf fans who can't. Wait, is wait is that is that what you call spring break in Canada? March break? Yeah, is that not? Uh, do you guys not have like March break? And well, yeah, yeah, but. But, but like we call it spring break, like, you know, spring break. Woo! No, it's a different, yeah, it's a different, like March break. break is like the kids and it's like, all right, like we're, go, we're, we're going to Disney World, but you know, dad's going to get tickets to go to the hockey game one night too. And that's, oh, okay. Thinking. Like an adult, like an adult spring yeah, break, exactly. not like a spring break. Yeah, no, nobody. Right. If, okay. If <laughs> I, I, man, if you're on spring break right now and you went to a Florida Panthers game, I, <laughs> I don't want to tell you how to live your life. But uh, uh, yeah, you're no so misguided youth. So yeah, so the Leafs, uh, the Leafs are down there on I guess on the Monday, and they have a day off, and a bunch of them go fishing. Like they get a boat and they go out and they go fishing, and a couple of them posted pictures on Instagram, which is a bad idea because immediately, being Toronto, that mm-hmm. gets picked up and gets turned into a thing, and then they go out the next night and they lose seven to two to the Panthers. Like they're probably their worst game of the year. Uh, and now it's become like the giants, like, like the giants boat cruise thing where it's I like, see. were they not focused? Should they not have been? And it's just, it's so dumb. Cause it's like, it's their day off. What, what are they supposed to do? Like, they're just supposed to sit at home and just stew in anticipation of think like, about Yager. Yeah. Just like breaking down, like voluntarily breaking down film. <laughs> like everybody come, come to Austin's room. We're all going to, get on his iPad and, and, and run some strategy. Like it's like, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like they were out at a bar until 4am. Like they were just, they were out fishing and, uh, and yet that's still, and it's one of these things where it's like, nobody wants to come out and say they shouldn't have done it, 
so instead you get all these people who are like, ah, the optics are bad. The optics. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, this sounds familiar to me. The optics. Yeah. The optics. But it's like, well, what does that mean? Like, is it bad or is it not? Yeah, but it looks bad. So you're saying it's bad. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> but it looks bad. Someone else might. Someone else. You mean you? No, 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 no. Not me. Just other other people might say some stuff. That that. So is that like every story in Toronto right now is like I'm not saying it's bad, but the the perception of the optics yeah. of the of the viewpoint of the fan. It's like it's like five uh, percent people saying it's bad, twenty five percent optics, fifty percent people doing the backlash against the backlash thing. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'm, I'm losing track of my math here, but I'm going to say 20% <laughs> doing the, like, this is why we can't have nice things. This is why mm. you're going to drive all our good players away kind of thing. So uh, I don't know if they, if they win tonight slash last night in Tampa, then that story will never be heard again. But if, if they lose again, then yeah, it's, it's going to become like the fishing trip that was the turning point of the entire season. Just lean into it is my advice because like the Giants went, the Giants guys went fishing or whatever out on the boat. I don't even think the Giants were even fishing. They were just kind of like on a boat because it's just kind of cool to be on a boat. And then they played football like six days later. And the problem was, the problem was on the first drive of the game, Sterling Shepard had a touchdown go right through his hands, and it was like, ah, oh, no, here we go. That's the boat right there. That was the boat six I days actually ago. I did see one per- – I saw one person was like, do we know that they're not sunburned from being out there on the boat with their shirts off? Like, maybe that's why they didn't play very well. Uh, hey. They're all fighting. They're itchy. So, yeah, let's get let's get some aloe down to uh, – down to uh, – to the Leafs. This is old. ASAP. This is kind of old. This is like a week or two ago, but like I don't think we ever. I never talked about it on any podcast or wrote about it anywhere. But the whole Vancouver Canucks Lee Chin like swapping of of like he, like he was like an Irish rugby guy or something. Yeah, I didn't. That was weird. I didn't get why people were mad. Like I like because what do you think hockey players do on their days off? Like some of them go out and drink a shit ton of beer and they get drunk. And then they come to work the next day. Like that, I'm not saying like every guy does that, but it was just it was like the, the Canucks put out a statement like this is not Vancouver Canucks hockey. Like it's not Vancouver Canucks hockey, but like there's probably some dudes that get that that pound like twelve beers down and then. Well, I I mean, if anything, you should be proud. I mean, if an Irishman comes <laughs> to drink with you, and he's impressed, then that's. Pre- I think the only thing that that got people on that was the one suggestion that. That a coach or a manager had in, was involved and had like told them to go out and do this, eh. which that to me that that just sounds like somebody kind of filling in some details in their story and and thinking they're not going to get called on it kind of thing. Because I don't know, I've I've talked to a few people who've said that that they've never really heard of anything like that. But yeah, I mean, if I, I got to tell you, man, if 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 the idea of Hockey players going out and having a few pops and chasing women around. If that bothers you, I I've got bad news for your yeah. cherished childhood memories because <laughs> I I don't know how much it necessarily goes on these days, but you know, if you grew up like watching guys in the seventies and eighties, I you know Yeah. I mean the guys I I'm just saying the guys who were like smoking during intermission probably weren't <laughs> Having a salad and going to bed early the night before that game, like like that's probably worse than going fishing. But like at the same time, I, I was I was never under the impression like professional athletes of any sport were going home on their off nights and just you know quietly watching like a Ken Burns documentary about the Civil War. Like I'm I'm assuming some of them yeah. go out and they and they're trying to meet women and they're trying to get booze in their body because 
that's what you do when you're young and you're in your 20s and you're rich. I feel like that's just kind of a thing. But it was like a big thing for a day on Twitter and then I just kind of forgot about it because mm-hmm. then – and now you're reminding me of it because of controversies. But I, I, I would still put the, the, the Canucks one ahead of going fishing on your off day, but – yeah. Unless I missed something. The, the only thing is, like, if if the Leafs had had won, like, I didn't even hear about it until they lost the game. I think it was one of those where everyone just kind of put it in their back pocket. Like, if they had gone out and won, it would be like, all right, non-story. But now it's, this is now a reason. But, they, but they're always getting, like, outshot. They're always getting murdered in their own zone. Like, they do it, they yeah. do it at home, on back-to-backs, on home stretches, on home stands. Like, it's not like... You just caught Florida at the right. Oh, man, you're, you're, I don't even know about this. Now I'm angry again. I'm up and down on this show. I was happy. I was happy to start. Now I'm all pissed off at that about people getting mad about dudes. What going. would you do if you found out that players on your fantasy baseball team were out fishing? Here's my managerial strategy, Sean. Is is I just let the players be themselves. You know, we have a code of conduct uh, over over at LFC, and that's uh, that's Lozo's funny clowns. That's not the that's not Liverpool Football Club. Uh, we have a long-standing tradition of uh, having, you know, open doors. Players ever want to come talk to me about problems? You know, I'm always there for them. But uh, you know, during the season, I want you focused on the team. But you know, all-star break, days off, Mondays, Thursdays, travel days. You know, do your thing, blow off some steam. That's 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 just how I like to run things. That's why you're considered a players manager. Yeah, you know what? That's why the stars all all want to go play. <laughs> uh, man, uh, what, what time? What, what are you? Are you like me? Are you like already dreading your awards ballot? I'm not dreading my awards ballot. I'm 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 mfing sick and tired of people talking about the Calder race. I'm, I'm I don't want to hear about it anymore. Like I don't care what you think. You That's don't care fine. what I think. Yeah. But the heart, the heart trophy. I'm still as of this exact moment a Connor McDavid guy. But Brad Marchand, he's he's yeah. he's like poking me in the shoulder. He's like, dude, look at all the goals I'm scoring. I'm right here. The like, whole right. the whole like McDavid versus Crosby thing. Like I was really excited for that. And now, yeah, you got Marchand, and you've got you know like there's always been this kind of like Brent Burns maybe, and now like people are starting to throw Eric Carlson in there. Nick Backstrom. Like, Carlson's maybe making the Norris Trophy. Not quite the runaway we thought. Yeah, it's gonna be a I'm mess. still kind of I'm still kind of on Team Brent Burns for that. I, I I am too. But here's the the one thing on this, and and this is this is what's going to make it entertaining. Maybe to watch the fallout of this is I think Brent Burns is going to win that award partly because everybody's had it in their head since about the 20 game mark that it was it was all his. But I, like if Eric Carlson finishes like five points back, Brent Burns. The thing is, like Eric Carlson, he's leading the league in block shots this year. Which is not a good stat, but it's a stat that gets hauled out by old school types as one of those things that you want to see from a defenseman. He's got pretty good defensive numbers. And if if one year after we gave Drew Doughty the Norris over Eric Carlson, even though Carlson had way more points because Drew Doughty was the better all-around player, if we then give Brent Burns the Norris trophy because he had so many points, so many goals and points even though Eric Carlson put up a more well-rounded season, mm. all seven diehard Ottawa Senator fans are going to be <laughs> But again... And they're all going to show up at my house. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm concerned. If you, if you notice, when awards are tight and perhaps even get stolen, they, they sort of go a certain way. Like Corey Perry stole it from Henrik Sedin. Sidney Crosby stole the Conn Smythe from Phil Kessel. Um, Drew Doughty stole the Norris from Eric Carlson. 
And in all those cases, it just happens to work out where it's the Canadian stealing it from the guy who's not Canadian. So that, I think, mm. is what hurts Eric Carlson this year, where he has a, every year that guy's got a case for the Norris. But if he was, like, if Eric Carlson was Canadian and Brent Burns was, you know, Brent Burnson, I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever. I think he might be, yeah. <laughs> Brent, Brent Burnson. Then, then I, I would, I would seriously think Carlson might win the award. But Brent Burns is a Canadian guy with a big old bushy beard, who's a big old dude, and he dresses in cool, funny suits that everybody loves. He's, he's, he's not going to lose it. I don't think it's too late. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know. I, I hate when these things get turned into that. But going back to the Crosby thing, like he had. I just wrote this today, and I don't know if it's posted yet. My phone sucks. I keep trying to check, but my phone's terrible, as we've talked about on the show. But he had, I think, 30 goals in his first... No, that's too many. He had, like, 22 goals in his first 30 games or something like that, or 24 Mm -hmm. in his first 30. I think he has eight in his last, like, 25 or 28 or whatever it is. Like, he's really slowed down, and now... There's like four dudes that are four points apart, and now he's got the same amount of points as Balkan, and that always cuts the vote in half for those guys. So to me, it's like McDavid, Marchand, and then whoever you can make a case for the Kucherov, you can make a case for Burns, you can probably make a case for Dubnik too at this point. I mean, there's the, the third spot okay, to me. Gone, yeah, he's, he's kind of faded too. The last couple of weeks, so. It's amazing. It's an 82-game season, and we all decide our awards by like game 55, and then like come game 71 when it gets close, we're just like, ah, I've already had Brent Burns on my ballot for like four months. I'm not going to do anything new. That's too much work. Love this sport. Oh, it's going to be fun. And that, yeah, the Calder, God help you, whatever you do there. Yeah, I, 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 I Especially, don't know. Especially, I don't know if it's down there. Like up here in Canada, it's I'm already so, because like yeah. the Winnipeg fans, which may or may not include some of their media, are like already <laughs> like they're already in full we were robbed like defensive posture even though the season's got 20 games left and you know toronto is torontoing and andrew raycroft won that won that award once like who cares who cares who wins the of all the awards the calder's the one that i just i mean did jeff skinner win it that year or did couture win it that year like you know what who cares nobody re- did. Yeah. nobody remembers like Ovechkin, Crosby, Crosby lost by like fifty votes or whatever, and probably more to Ovechkin that year. I'm sure they've all moved on because they they didn't happen to be the best guy. Like it's just it, it's the it's the award I care about the least, and it's the award this year everyone cares about the most because it's two guys playing on Canadian teams and they're so close. And then you got Matt Murray who he's not going to win it. If you play maybe like ten more games with these numbers, I could see him winning it. But I just want to I want to do a mailbag where one question is not about. The Calder. Do you think Matt Murray's got a chance? Who do you like? Isn't it true that Line is not a better all-around player than Matt? But Matthews plays center, isn't that? Uh, just you're going to forget about this in a year. Too. <laughs> just think three weeks from now, it's going to be it's going to be awful. Actually, yeah. Here's here's the first question: Is um, who oh. do you like? Who do you like? No, it's 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 not Line or Matthews. So it's, I, I, I'm I'm going to oh, allow good. it from Dane Dane Brunswick. Dane Brunswick. That's a good That's name. Fake name. <laughs> Fake name. Like, I don't know what you're running from, Dane, but you're not fooling anyone. He wants to know. Um, oh, he says, "How big is the gap to Warensky, Murray, and third? I think it's a big gap. But who do you like for third to, to, to on your ballot at this point? You like Warensky? You like Murray? You like somebody else? Yeah. See, I, I had somebody the other day ask me. They're like, "Well, who? You know, who do you have?" And I was like, I, "You know what? I haven't. I really dive into the numbers at the end of the year. I haven't done that yet." And he was like, "No, that's not acceptable." 
what is your answer? So, uh, you know, I, yeah, I think that that's the next year. I, I'd probably go Wierenski, just like you say, like if Murray had played a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I, but it's, yeah, that's a toss-up. And then what do you do with the fifth spot? Because there's a few guys that, which doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter if, if you know, who who gets your fifth place vote, really. Oh, but yeah, you know, I forgot. We go like, five There's going to be some, yeah, there's going to be some Flames fan out there who's like, Matthew Kachuk got robbed by Mitch Marner for those fifth place votes. The oh, right. Mitch the Marner had to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch Marner. Actually, I might put Mitch Marner third. Eh, maybe not. He's probably going to be on my ballot though. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, Joel, whose name on Twitter is Joe Lar underscore bear one. Trying to Joel bear. Maybe his last name is bear and he just spells it bear. But his question, I, I kind of want you to translate because he, this guy might be a Canadian and he might be speaking your language. He says flaky layers or buttermilk. See, that- I, I saw that and I thought that was an American thing. <laughs> so I don't, I don't understand. Like it, it's pancakes, right? But I don't know what flaky layers means. Like, does it just mean like, like what, what I, I, sh- I probably could have Googled this before we did this, but. Oh, you know what? No, I, you know what? I just Googled it. You know what? It, he's making a biscuits joke. Ah, uh, uh, you asshole, Joel. Podcast. I get yeah. it. Ha ha ha. I got you. But see, if Joel listened regularly, he'd know that the mm-hmm. biscuit in question is not an actual biscuit. He's an ice cream sandwich. He's an ice cream biscuit. sandwich. Big, 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 that big, is, big that fan. That is canon in here. So yeah, <laughs> I, I can't. So neither is the answer to your question, Joel. Yeah. Nice try, Joel. You did. You did get it past me. Thank you for me. making me Google. I'm going to call up my Google history in like a few weeks and be like, "What the hell was I searching? <laughs> Biscuit recipes? But Canadian men fishing on boats and and pancakes? What the hell is? What, what's this guy doing in his spare time? Uh, Alex says, which team winning the Stanley Cup would make for the best story? I'm on board with the Penguins winning it again because I feel like dynasties and back to backs and. You need you need a, you need an object to hate if you're a fan of the other 29 teams, and I think the Penguins winning it again would do that. So mm-hmm. that's 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 where I land. They'd all be pretty good stories. I mean, like Washington would be big. Columbus obviously would be interesting to see them mm. just go from you know Montreal or Toronto. Who would be the worst story? Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Fuck Chicago. I, Other than I, Chicago, I, who's who's the um, worst option? And assuming LA doesn't. The worst option. Montreal. Nobody wants that, right? Nobody. Does anybody in Canada? Who do you? Who do? Who do Canadians want to win the cup if it's not their favorite team? Like if it's not Toronto. Nobody. Who, nobody. You don't. If it's not yeah. your favorite team, because this is a thing that happens in Canada every year. When it's down to one Canadian team, you can mm-hmm. always tell who the sports reporters are who don't actually like and understand sports because they all write the story about like, are the Senators now Canada's team? Should the country yes. unite behind? And it's like. That's not how it works, man. Like, if, if my team doesn't win, I want every other team to, like, be disqualified in a gambling scandal. Like, I would be per- – like, I was fine with there being no Stanley Cup in 2005. Like, if the Leafs don't win, then just put a big blank spot on it and and I'm happy. But you know what? I, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. You're right. Like, Toronto or Montreal, they're both in the same situation up here in Canada. Like, you're either a fan of those teams or you hate those teams and you don't want to see them see them do well and the fan bases are so large that if they ever did win toronto especially would just be completely insufferable i mean montreal geez the 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 banner raising ceremony would take four weeks um but i i'm gonna tell you an an underrated hate story to watch in canada 
and it's underrated because it's it's they haven't been quite good enough to really push it to the to the front of the line yet. But the Edmonton Oilers, if they were to make like a deep run, you watch the no no bitterness just because yeah. of the fact that they. You know, it's going to be Oiler fans who will be like, you know, thank God. it's been ten years. I mean, there's there's no fan base that deserves yeah deserves it more maybe than other than Winnipeg. But the fact that it's it's such a badly run organization that just keeps fluking into lotteries, and there's going to be so many fans who are going to look at it and go like, congratulations, yeah. you got some ping pong balls bounced, you lucked into Connor McDavid, and now you've got a Stanley Cup. Great job. Have fun with that parade in your your shiny new arena and, and all of this other stuff. I I think there will be there's something to that. A lot of that. Sabres fans are like that. Sabres fans get really mad when you oh, point yeah. out how good Edmonton is because like they got the they got the store brand version of of yeah. Connor McDavid and they're just like they're oh not, yeah we we'd be doing a lot better totally too wrong. if we had McDavid. Yeah, they're not wrong at all. It's they're just not funny. Totally wrong. And and you know and that like that'll get thrown at the Leafs too. Obviously, if uh, if and when they ever win and. Uh, yeah, it's uh, that's that's the downside of having these these lotteries. That if you let one team load up, suddenly everyone's everyone else is like, you didn't earn that, you didn't. But all right, we'll do one I more question think we're because probably a year or two away from that. We'll do one more here because I got the I got the, I got the people with the laptops outside the window again. One fifty eight, so we got to get going. Tyson Thorpe says, which team in the draft lottery has the best chance to make the playoffs next year? It's a good. It's a good question. It's a good question. I mean, the the draft lottery is everyone who doesn't make the playoffs. Right. I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume he's saying. Uh, I mean, I think Dallas is the obvious one because we've seen where they can be, and I have to assume they're going to fix the goaltending one way or another. Some way. Uh, although, I mean, their their <sighs> their yeah their defense got exposed so badly this year. I would say Dallas. I'm kind of scrolling through. Is Florida? Far enough down for me to pick them. Yeah, I don't see. I don't feel like Florida, Tur- Toronto, Florida. Yeah, Florida would would definitely be a candidate. I feel like Buffalo's got to do it eventually, and maybe Winnipeg would be my other pick to slide in there because they're also. I, I said this to someone. On, I said this to one person on Twitter last night, and they went and like retweeted it out, and suddenly I have like all these Jets fans mm. coming after me. But like, I feel like the Jets are the in danger of being that next team that follows like in the Edmonton, Colorado mold where you're like, they had their chance to do something with their core and they let it sit too long and they, they stood pat too long and now it's a mess and they've got to break it up. Yeah. Not that they're going to be as bad as Colorado because I don't think anyone can be, but I, they worry me. So I feel like next year's kind of make or break for them. And so I'm going to throw my hat on the make side and, uh, and say that, yeah, I, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick all of those teams: Winnipeg, Dallas, <laughs> Buffalo. All make the playoffs next year. I say Winnipeg does it if they get a new coach. I think if Gerard Gallant's coaching that team next year, I think they're a playoff team. I, I just I think, think Paul. Mar- I can't figure I out Paul Maurice. Wish. I don't think Paul Maurice is a bad coach, but I just uh, I don't know. But all right, now, now there's more people gathering outside and doing the thing where they walk up to the glass and look in and then roll their eyes and walk away. So it's time for us to say goodbye. Episode 19 of Biscuits. It was it was great fun. It was great fun being positive for I'll say forty percent of the show. Right? That was that's a lot of time for us. That's I yeah. feel like we set a new record today for positivity. Yeah. Most of it was about fake things that didn't actually happen, but still take it. <laughs> so come back next week, episode twenty, where I will tell you more about my fantasy baseball team and uh, about my bracket. As Notre Dame is now only up by two on Princeton with four fifty eight to go. This is terrible. Goodbye. 
See ya. 53-51. Princeton will not go away, Sean. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.